Oh, man. Um, What's the timer at, by the way? Uh, the audio is at 16.30, so I would assume that the camera's just about out of space. Probably got like two minutes left. Yeah. Let's reset. Yeah. I love that shift space. <laughs> that shift space is so fucking great. I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't think of another <laughs> adjective. <laughs> you know, there was, a, uh, there was a game that I tried playing with Shay on the mountain. It's, uh, I would think of like an adjective, and then he would think of like a noun to go with that adjective, and vice versa. He wasn't very, he wasn't very good at it, so we, we played for about like three minutes. So it'd be like, beautiful girl. Yeah, yeah, but like we'd try to make it interesting, like um, necrotic. <laughs> Zombie. There you go. Now you, you pick the adjective. Exuberant. Elephant. <laughs> Just like stupid things like that. But like we, we'd have, sometimes we'd have a hard time uh, coming up with like an interesting one. Sometimes it would be, it would be like big elephant. Or, or like, so big boy. It was like obvious and like not funny. But every once in a while, like maybe two minutes in, three minutes in, you'd just like come up with a combination that you wouldn't expect. Enlarged prostate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like en- enlarged pinky nail. Anything, you just kind of go with it. Speaking of prostates. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, I recently just started helping somebody with uh, stage four prostate cancer with full extract cannabis oil, and he's doing pretty well. You know, he's a couple weeks into treatment. He's feeling a lot better. Um, he's, he's a very difficult case to deal with, you know, because of just how... Uh, far along his cancer is it like metastasized into his intestines um even after they went and did radiation and caused a lot of damage in there but that's a huge product project you'll see me working on uh with ray to hopefully overcome cancer and if not at least have a you know great last few years of life as opposed to radiation poisoning yeah making it a lot more comfortable radiation is just from what i hear i haven't gone through but i've seen people that have and it's just brutal they, they, they're sick all the time they can't do anything they don't have the desire to do the things that they love like what kind of what kind of life is that well it's crazy right because he showed me this bag like and you're probably familiar with this it's like a radioactive bag like the you know the bags they have for uh, chemo treatments and stuff at the hospitals um and that's what he would get his pills in and have to send back the bottles in and he's like i'm putting this in my body Oh my and, God. you know, like this is, this, is, this is radioactive enough that I have to put it in a special bag, but I'm putting it in my body. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. So he actually like cut off all the chemo just because it was, you know, destroying him. Like with the cannabis oil, he's been able to function throughout the day. His appetite's coming back. He's uh, sleeping better. Like everything's starting to function more normally. And it's just a huge project that I'm, I'm, I'm hoping will, you know, show a lot of uh, give a lot of hope to people out there that, you know, radiation maybe has failed and traditional yeah. cancer treatments haven't worked. There are options, and I'm working with growers to, you know, hopefully off of this give away FICO large scale. So Yeah, that'd be amazing. I mean, there's a lot of uh, scientists right now working on proving that uh, full extract cannabis oil and CBD is really like, uh, like a marksman 
Whereas chemotherapy, taking chemicals, is really like a blind marksman. Where you have no idea where you're shooting. You know that somewhere in the foreground is the cancer, but you're just going to start shooting. Whereas some people uh, really, really believe and find evidence in that full-spectrum cannabis oil is specifically targeting certain cancer cells. And one day, we will look back at chemotherapy like we view bloodletting now. Bloodletting, that is ridiculous. But back then... I don't even know what blood... Is that when you get your blood sucked out by a... Uh... No, they just make you bleed. That's, oh. that's how uh, George Washington died, I believe, is they started that procedure of bloodletting, and they took too much, and he died. Yeah, it seems like completely inhumane. I'm sure there's some some diseases where bloodletting would work but for the most part like if you've got arthritis don't bleed it's not that's not going to help you but like that something like that is what they would do before <laughs> that's insane and i mean chemo has only been around for what less than 100 years right probably 70 years yeah it's getting to be outdated yeah yeah, it's definitely a problem and the, and the thing that uh some anti-cannabis doctors uh or advocates may say is that you know, it's only been shown in a petri dish to, sh to kill cancer. Well, you know, I don't think that's fully true because, you know, there's a lot of cases that I've seen. This is my fourth one I've dealt with firsthand where, you know, we're not allowed to say that we cured cancer, but there's no signs of cancer anymore. It's kind of a big deal, especially when those people who don't have cancer anymore didn't have a terrible life during their treatment. They were able to function, they were able to have a great time, they were able to probably get healthier than before they were, you know, doing any kind of treatment because part of my treatment is, is diet. Yeah, diet's you know, huge. If you're still eating processed sugar and processed food, you're feeding the cancer. Mm -hmm. So if, if, you, if you're, and that's what I don't even understand about the chemo thing is like, they're just like, here's chemo, we're not gonna tell you how to eat and you know, the American Heart Association, American Cancer Association is going to be sponsored by <laughs> big agriculture, you know, and, and, and big farming, you know, why, 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 why are these meat organizations that have been shown to, or, or sugary, like, you know, Kellogg's and, and other companies like this that put out shit that's literally poison, how are, are they the one funding the Cancer Association? You know, it's, yeah, it's it leads insane. me to wonder. Hey, about like eating meat. Have you heard of the Lone Star Tick? I have. I don't know much about it. So the Lone Star Tick is, is it fascinates me in the fact that biology is, is really amazing. And it's almost like a sign. So what happens is when you get bit by this tick, it sends, I think it's a bacteria. I'm, a, I'm actually not sure. It could be a virus, a bacteria, maybe even a protein. I haven't done uh, really in-depth research on it. But at the end of the day, uh, you become allergic to meat. Hmm. There's a tick that gives you a meat allergy. So you literally can't eat meat or you go through this horrible reaction. And what is, what is nature saying about us and our consumption of meat? Take it easy. Yeah. Slow it down. There was, uh, there was people who would eat each other back in the day. There's probably still people who do that now. And when you do that, you get this disease um, when you eat the brain. I forgot what it's called. Michael Klusev's or whatever it is, disease. Mad cow disease. It's very similar. Uh, you end up getting this disease that rots your brain and you die. 
Now, back uh, maybe a few years ago, I don't, we need to fact check and do a bunch of date checking because I don't remember things like that. Seems but legit. a decade, two decades ago, whatever, um, when the mad cow disease craze was going through, that whole sparked because all of the cow remnants was getting ground up and refed to the cows. So all of that, that diseases that sprung up from that was that pretty much nature saying, hey, don't eat each other. That's not what this is about. That isn't good for evolution. If you believe in evolution, that's not good for your species eating each other. <laughs> it goes against everything what we're doing. Uh, so we're going to punish you for doing that. So eventually people stopped feeding cows to cows and the incidents went down. However, there's another terrifying thing that's going on. I, I heard this through uh, Joe Rogan podcast about a year ago, maybe a little bit less. The zombie deer? The deer. Yeah, they're attacking the elk. It's the same type of principle, except this one can be passed from deer to deer. Instead of eating deer head, deers eating deers, it can just be passed by a deer pooping in this field and then another deer coming by three yeah. months later and eating in the same area. And I think it can be passed to humans if you eat it as well. It, the thing is with like those types of uh, microorganisms, there's so many of them. So like the genetic mutations might pass, you know, like the pig flu or the bird flu. Eventually the, that flu started with birds, but there was one flu that had a variation that was able to attack a specific cell in the human body. And then from there, it just spread like wildfire or hotcakes. And that's what people are really afraid of now is because, I mean, deer, elk, moose, reindeer, they're everywhere. And that can easily spread easily be spread so it's kind of like crossing our fingers hoping that people are able to contain that and this got real dark this, yeah i did i was just thinking that really like, dark we just took a turn that was kind of my <laughs> fault <laughs> oh yeah we were talking about like laughing and stupid um uh those those games what are they called when you improv enlarged prostate led us to this yeah all because <laughs> of enlarged prostate like, <laughs> enlarge prostate was like oh yeah i haven't talked about the stage four cancer thing that we're gonna fuck up yeah. Like we're gonna beat. I'm, I'm just. I just want to fucking beat cancer's ass. Like I'm really uh -huh. starting at this point, looking at so many different cases and watching so many documentaries on it. I'm really starting to feel like chemo might kill more people than cancer. And I know that that's probably really controversial to say, but I don't care. Like I really do feel. I'm starting to feel more and more that way because, like you said, the chemo is is in. For for many years, it wasn't even as exact as it is now. It's just like throwing a bunch of shit at the wall and seeing what falls off, you know? Right. Like, let's, yeah. let's throw 18 different kind of paint thinners at the wall and see which one takes off the paint. Exactly. <laughs> oh, well, that one rotted through the whole entire wall and, t and into the wood and everything. That sucks. Yeah, that's really that's not good. That's how chemo is. But that landed on the thermometer. Now it's hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> everything is burning. But, yeah, so uh, sorry to make that dark for a second, but we are working on some pretty crazy medical stuff. And, uh, you know, that in conjunction with our CBD oil is being yeah. used to take down the psychoactive effect. You know, even with the people that don't believe, there's, there's some people that don't believe that cannabis has any uh, med medicinal effect. But what everybody can agree on is that the placebo, so even if somebody believes that something's going to work, there's like a really strong chance that it will. So mm -hmm. who's going to argue with that? If somebody thinks what they're doing is going to work. Why are you standing there? Be like, that doesn't work. 
Why are you t- yeah. why are you cr- trying to crush their dream? Let it happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would never, like, somebody going through chemo or facing that decision, I wouldn't be like, what are you doing? You know, like, I would never, you know, you got to be... You got to be very careful the way you talk to people. It's something I've definitely noticed, you know, like going through treatment with my other friend with uterine cancer. Like I have to, you know, talk about her vagina and like all of her inside parts and shit that doctors talk about. Like it's an uncomfortable conversation for somebody that's just a a pothead (laughs) that decided to get into this, you know, more hardcore and, uh, you know, I've, I just feel like education is, is definitely lacking on the doctor's part. And um, this sh- this should be given as an option, not uh, congruent to chemo, but as an, a complete other alter, uh, complete other motive of of uh, of treatment, a different type of treatment. You know, like we doctors now are starting to be like, oh well, cannabis has good effects on the bad parts of chemo like it it gives them back their appetite allows them to sleep it helps them with pain but it's not good enough to treat cancer and that's that's what a lot of doctors are are starting to be at that point and and then when i'm like but i could show you a study where they used the double blind double blind placebo and it worked on the cannabis side and i could show you petri dish studies and i could show you real life studies of people i've been working with like, oh, it's not good enough. Oh, it has to be clinical trials and blah, blah, blah. But meanwhile, my, 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 my friend Ray with stage four cancer, they did all types of, of clinical trials with different types of radiation inside of him to try to kill the cancer with no studies to back it up. He's one of the studies, you know, and it, and it made the cancer worse. <laughs> so now what? <laughs> it's like, you know, sometimes with medicine, especially with something as terrible as cancer, it can kill you. You know, I'm not acknowledging that. I'm not saying cancer doesn't kill people. Um, but, you know, we need to give people more options that are more viable options than just kill everything inside of your body in hopes of getting the cancer. There's a thing in the science community, like that doc, a lot of doctors, historians, is they really believe in whatever they were taught. And there's like, they're not budging. Where I think a lot of a lot of people really need to start opening their mind and kind of looking at the possibility, maybe, like maybe. And if a lot of people start thinking maybe instead of putting up a wall saying I'm not listening, I'm gonna put on headphones and then put those giant earmuffs on my head so I can't hear a thing. That's not good for growth. You need to, you really need to start growing. And there's a lot of that same mentality uh, towards entrepreneurial ventures. There's a lot of entrepreneurship that you might be going through and people are going to say, that's not going to work. That isn't going to work. No one's doing that because it doesn't work. You're stupid. That's one of our favorite things to hear. Like, how do you guys know this hemp thing is going to work? Because we've looked at everything. (laughs) We're not just like studying. We're not just buying gas station CBD or, you know, this type of CBD. Like, we've seen the whole spectrum and the whole industry and the whole where it's going and, and what the money people are saying about the industry you know that shit's important like pay attention to the money people and what they're saying because yeah they're looking heavily into this and i think people are sleeping on the hemp industry hardcore good keep sleeping while yeah. we're working yeah you know working hard i already got my first panel planned july 13th in rochester i gotta get the details but 
Got my first panel for hemp of the year there. Actually, that's my second of the year if you count my one at NECAN. And then uh, I think I'm doing a panel at the Boston Freedom Rally, too, on hemp. So I'm trying to get us both on that one. Um, and basically what we want to talk about on, on the hemp side of things is just like how many people can think of a farmer or a farm that they've read about, maybe a news article or something, that has to sell off a large piece of their land or close down because, you know, big agriculture is putting them out of business. How many of those farms have land that they're not using and they could then convert it to hemp land and really save their whole entire business? You know, and that's something I really want to push heavy this summer is like, for next year, you farmers need to get on board because eventually there's going to be a cap and you're going to be screwed because people like us that got our license early are never giving up our license. Like we're going to be reapplying like as whenever they say we can. If it's August 1st, we're reapplying, you know, like we're not losing that license. And eventually I do think that they're going to cap off the program. And when that happens, the farmers that need the help can't get the help the same way. Yes. If you know a farmer, tag them, tag them in this post. And they'll probably thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I, you know, this might seem counterintuitive to some people, but we, we understand the scope of our, our macro vision. And part of what I'm going to be talking about on panels is just, uh, you know, getting started. What does it take to get started? What does it take to apply? What does it take to germinate? What does it take to get your business going? Why should you join hemp instead of maybe marijuana right now? You know, like there's, there's a lot of different things that I think we've gained a scope on in the past six to eight months, especially that can give a lot of value to this hemp industry um, because it is, you know, it, the, the, the big farmers and everything are looking at this industry as well. And I think that uh, if all the small people can band together, we might be able to keep them out a little bit longer. <laughs> I mean, it's all learning. Again, it goes back to patience and learning. Yep. Being humble. But uh, I don't, I think that's probably I think, good. Yeah, I think that covered. Maybe maybe next next week I'll have my. Uh, we'll go a little bit more in depth about my journey to Alaska and Denali. I haven't really put everything together yet in my mind. I like literally just got back and started hustling <laughs> right right away. Then I came back from the airport, took a two hour nap after not sleeping for twenty four hours and being jet lagged and right in the field i was excited to like i i didn't need i didn't need any convincing i just couldn't wait one of the most thing the things that i couldn't wait to do is just be barefoot in my backyard after not being able to take your socks off for over two weeks yeah for seconds they would be they'd come out my feet would see the light of day for a second and then hide oh. right away but fun. I can't wait to hear more about the experience, too, because like you said, you literally came off the plane and started working. <laughs> I'm actually like the day he came home, I was like, he's not working today. Like, he? <laughs> and then he comes outside. Hey, hey man. What's up? And I'm like, all right, here he is. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, we will see you guys next week. And within the next few weeks, we'll start having more guests on. Um, thank, you. thank you all for sticking with us you know, through this journey. And Hopefully we can bring you back. And if we did, please subscribe. Thank you all about us. Yes, like, share. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Peace. Ricardo. Reminded me of that show, Ricky Ricardo. No, was that a show? Is that um, Ricky Ricardo? Yes.
what the fuck was that? Yes. <laughs> I don't really sound familiar. Uh, Is that love true? Lucy. Super Troopers? Oh. I love Lucy, maybe. And Lucy, I'm home. Like you gotta shift over just, or just the there it is. I don't want to get close. That's all right. It's a couple inches. Should we touch? No. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. You know what? Welcome to episode 40 yes. of, of AA for Entrepreneurs. I'm Adam. And I'm Andrew. And we're back. Um, we're back in action, back into the swing of things. Uh, just came back from Alaska, and we're trying to kind of get the, the rhythm back. Yeah, we took basically like a month off from podcasting every Tuesday. And while it doesn't seem like a long time, getting out of your, your swing of things can really... Uh, kind of mess with the momentum of especially speaking and doing podcasts and everything it's like shit all right so all the videos are put out we're like starting over all right let's go <laughs> yeah it's a lot like kind of like if you if you're a viewer that uh, is into cardio it's kind of like taking a month off from cardio and then getting back into it i think i mean sounds legit to me i mean it's, it, it does sound like one of those things like we i feel like i've been just listening to podcasts and just like listening to stuff, not talking so much, just preparing all the hemp stuff and getting the hemp field all, all set up and even continuing up until this day of you being back, we've been in the hemp field nonstop. So it's like we don't even get a chance to talk much because we're like 100 feet away from each other like, hey, doing something. <laughs> right, right. It's kind of like now that I'm thinking about it, it's kind of like you're, you watch a train go down a track and then all of a sudden the, one of the trailers unhitches and that's when you stop podcasting and the train keeps going and you've still got some momentum but sooner or later after a couple of hours in this case after a month it slowly stops to a crawl and you've got to pick up that that speed again and I'm feeling good you know I think episode 40 was a good place to start that off at and uh, we're actually coming up next month is our one-year anniversary of starting the show I believe it's July 27th so that's, that's exciting and uh, a huge milestone for us, honestly, because it, is, it has been a struggle to keep this podcast going. Like, it is something that we've had to like, carve out a section of our time to make sure it works because, honestly, it's one of the biggest pieces of value that we bring to people and we want to continue to bring people value, which is why we push so hard to make sure we have the podcast moving in the right direction. And uh, we do have some amazing guests coming up, so... Be prepared for that. I think we're going to, uh, I was talking to Bridget. I was thinking about bringing Bridget and then Deb on together. Like, Deb wanted to get on the show too. And then we're working with a, um, sorry for your name skipping over my, over my thoughts right now, but uh, working with somebody who works spe specifically with female entrepreneurs. And um, she helps them, you know, find their opportunities and everything from what I understand. So she's going to be on our show soon too. And uh, hopefully a roundtable discussion here in the next couple months as well. Now, I don't know a lot about the, like, the Chinese New Year, but this year for AA for Entrepreneurs is going to be the year of the guests. Yes. We're going we're to try to bring a lot of guests on and really explore that vein. Because like Adam was saying, it is, this is work. I mean, yep. we, we put in a lot of time into this, and on top of everything else that we're doing, it is, it is a challenge. But here we go. This is, this is as much value as we can give right now hopefully when yes. things things keep going we can give more and more value 
this is what we got so far. And I think, you know, I hope that just by kind of seeing our story, if you've been following along, you literally watched us in December, literally on camera decide that we're doing hemp. <laughs> and then you saw us in early January apply, and you saw our frustrations through it taking a while to hear back from it, and you saw us get approved, and you know, maybe we'll cut in a section here where now you get to see the plants. We have all of our plants in the ground. Uh, the field is almost completely set up and ready to go. We're just waiting on our irrigation system and then it'll be automated as well, which means that it'll take a ton less time for us. But, you know, Andy and I kind of just watered yesterday by hand and, and took our time. We weren't rushing by any means and it still didn't take any ridiculous amount of time that that wasn't enjoyable at all either you know you get to be out in the field with the plants so if anything what what i hope everybody takes from this as value is perseverance and we've talked about it a lot lately it's because it's been the theme of our of our whole livelihood is just persevering through all the hardships and new shits yeah, persevering is, is super key because things always go wrong. Mm -hmm. And if, if you're the type of person that kind of gets smothered, if something goes wrong and then they just kind of shut down, it's never going to work. You've got you to gotta persevere through these, uh, these challenges, and eventually it, it does work its way out. There will be, there'll always be challenges. There'll always be road bumps. It's just you get kind of numb to it, and you just kind of get... You get better shocks. Yeah, you should. You just kind of like, ride over them. If you're on a thesaurus and you search entrepreneur, challenge should be a synonym. <laughs> yeah, it totally should be. It's just, life is a challenge when you when you decide to like jump into this realm of like, I think I can really do this, you know, or even just just the beginning thoughts of it. Like hopping into this is such a big challenge, you know. Yeah. And never give up. It's like our biggest theme of this whole show is just to never, ever, ever give up. Now, a big challenge that we're working on on uh, Urban Acres is, well, there's two big things that we have left to do. It's uh, to build and set up the irrigation system and to lay down uh, straw. Now, the thing is with straw, it's not guaranteed to be seed-free because, I mean, it's wheat or whatever whatever cereal grain it's used to, to grow, there's going to be seeds left in there. And you lay that down over your uh, growing space, and those seeds are going to get a foothold, and they're going to start growing, and they grow viciously. You become uh, an accidental grain farmer really quick. Yeah. So the whole point is to try to stop the weeds or the seeds blowing in the wind or the, the birds shuffling around pooping seeds. You want to stop all of that growing. So by putting hay down or or straw that isn't seed free, you're just kind of negating the whole fact of putting it down. So right now, it, last night, it, it rained pretty heavily. I think we got like two inches of water overnight. And I looked out in the morning and all the weeds, it's, it's like almost like they came back instantly overnight. They're already like an inch and a half high. So the whole whole farm, the whole tenth of an acre has to be scraped. This top of the soil has to be scraped with a tool just to get that away. So once we lay down straw, none of that. Once we get the irrigation system, no more watering. It's, it's essentially everything's all done. The sun, the rain, the irrigation system's pretty much going to control everything. And, and it's going to free up a lot of time on our hands to do more of this and to do more of the business mm -hmm. side of the, the selling side of uh, CBD. Yeah. 
That was one of the things in investor meetings that we've been told a couple times is like, how are you guys going to launch a product? How are you going to be the largest processor in Massachusetts? How are you also going to cultivate? And we're like, because we're not doing it all at once. It's all in steps. You know, like once we get the irrigation and the straw, basically we have like four hours of work a week each to do. Like that's nothing. We got to go through and oh, take that yellow leaf off. Do, 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 take that yellow leaf off. <laughs> like, it's just yeah. so easy. So now with the cultivation side done, which most people find to be a daunting task, but because of, like, just our combined knowledge, especially with your knowledge of, like, larger-scale farming, you know, now we're able to get everything set and automated, which is huge. And then we could focus on processing and getting our product line on after that. So we're not overwhelmed. You know, one of the things I talked about while Andy was on the mountain was, uh, I don't know if I put this in the podcast or if I put it in my IGTV, I think it might be in my IGTV, but I said, uh, you know, I completely just lost track of where I was going with that. <laughs> I don't know, man. I totally lost track. I forget what I was talking about. Well, IGTV, we're going to do... Uh... We've got... IGTV episode coming now. This is this is totally new. It's a new uh, rig that we've come up with. Just always entrepreneurship is always trying new things and seeing what works and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. I know the last couple of times we've been in different areas. Uh, I think two or three episodes ago we kind of shifted our studio a little bit to the right. Didn't quite work, and we just realized, hey, this this is a lot better for lighting. And that's what it is. That's entrepreneurship, is learning. And IGTV, you know, gaining some traction, we definitely want to be on there as much as possible. And I've noticed with my own personal IGTV videos, I've gotten, uh, I think, almost 3,000 views on a couple of them. So it's been a lot better, you know, engagement and everything than just putting up a video that's under a minute. I actually did remember my thought. Uh, my thought was that you need to clean stuff off your plate to allow yourself to add new things to your plate. And uh, that's basically what we've been doing when Andy left, when, as soon as he got back, up, right up until like right before we got to the podcast, we just took down the temp hemp room, so that's off our plate. So it's, it's I feel like um, organize everything and then be like, what can I take off my plate to make room for some dessert? And then, you know, after you're done eating all the stuff on your plate, you got a nice little dessert plate that you could sit down with. That's a great analogy. And I kind of just think back to finish what you start. You know, instead of just leaving it rotting on your plate, you do something with it. I don't know, throw it in the compost if you have to. Or the best, best chance is to not have it decompose to eat it. But it's like finishing a book. You start a book, read it. I, I've been... Uh, that's not why I don't start very. books because I know I will not finish them. <laughs> there you go. You start <laughs> podcasts, right? If you start a podcast, finish it. Yep. Uh, There's something that I need to work on is that I'm reading like or listening to and reading like five different books. I mean, sometimes it, I'll like read one. I'm like, All right, I don't want to read this one anymore. And then I'll read something else. And then I'll go back to this one. So I never really leave it hanging unless I find zero interest Have in it whatsoever. Have you had those ones where you're just like, I'm, I'm like sucks. two I'm chapters through. I haven't found anything I like. I'm yeah. done with this. Yeah. Because that, that's like a complete book now. Because now you're like, I don't, I don't want this. So even though if you're reading five at once, you took that one off your plate, you're like, I definitely don't like this. Yeah, so I'll throw it in the, decom the compost pile. Like sometimes it's just, I'm very picky when it comes to writing. My whole, my whole life has just been like 
okay, you have to read this for school, then we're going to take, give you a test on it. And I'm like, ah, this, this is painful, I don't want to read this. And then I found a couple of uh, authors who have styles of writing that I really enjoy reading. I can read and read, I can read the same book six times. Like, this is one book that I've read like four or five times. What book? It's um, Ham on Rye by Charles Bukowski. Hmm. It's a uh, memoir type of book. And it's just the style of writing, the way that he uses verbs, the, the pictures that he paints in, his, in, in the stories. I don't believe in a lot of the things that he, he writes about. I don't believe in his ideals, but he is an enjoyable, uh, the way that he writes. So it's like things like that where you, somebody, I didn't read before, but then I found someone that I could read, and now it's, it's pretty much reading that style. I tried with uh, with Gary, with Gary V. You know, I, I was like, I've had a hard time reading any book. Like, for the record, the only book I've read in the past over 10 years is The Four Agreements, and it's probably, like, that short. <laughs> That's yeah. why I read it. I was like, I could push through this, and it's a great book. Definitely, you know, changed my perspective on a few things. But I even tried, like, Gary V's books, thinking, like, dude, I love Gary. Everything he talks about, I believe in. But it just, like, even listening to the audiobook for me, it still didn't do it. Like, it just wasn't the same energy of Gary. Gary organized versus Gary just spewing on stage at a, a podcast and just like, ah, there's a gem. Yeah. It's so different, you know? And uh, it's, I don't know why. Like, maybe someday I'll get past that threshold of not being able to read. But it's just, I hate it. I hate yeah, reading. don't even... Don't even bother. I, I love mean, writing, let it, though. Yeah, let it find, you'll find it if you want to in the future. It's, it's sort of like what people say about relationships. Don't go looking for it. If it happens, it happens sort of thing. Yeah, but yeah I, don't I, try I, to force books on people. When somebody says, I don't read, I don't have time to read, it's not always an excuse. Yeah, it's like trying to force someone to do the carnivore diet or be a vegan. Like, no, do your thing. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. But if you eat... Me. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> He'll turn like into an army. Army of one. Oh, man. Speaking of army of two, that was, the, uh, that was our team name for Alaska for our Denali oh, yeah. trip. And, man, I brought, I brought a bunch of books. Thinking, well, I brought one book and then a bunch of downloads thinking that I was going to have time. No time. It Spent was just, all your time just moving. Yeah. So, like, the typical day, we would wake up around nine the sun never goes down so you pretty much just sleep when you want you put something over your face to cover the cover the light but you, we got up usually around like nine nine thirty mm. and it would take us like three to four hours to make breakfast uh melt snow and then get all of our equipment and stuff ready for the day so that then it would take us about six to nine hours of hiking just work and then once we got back, it would take about three to four hours to either set up camp, um, get our shit together, dinner, and then melt more snow. And at, at the end of the 12 hours or 12 to 16 hours of work, you're like, I am so drained, I need to go to bed. And it's not even like it's an easy sleep because your body has to work to keep yourself warm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that trip, such a dirty trip. Yeah, you didn't shower for like... Two weeks. I didn't take off my pants for 12 days. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like the best way to describe mountaineering. What just happened to the audio? 
No, no, it's still there. We're still here. We're good. Never mind. It just like froze for a second. I think my laugh through it was just like, wow, dude, shut up. <laughs> 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 nobody, nobody wants to hear you laugh that loud.